Hey fellas, welcome to the Goose Knob Show. Quick idea. People have kids for themselves, but also for society at large. And not just, not just, oh, this nebulous concept of society. You have kids so that the people in the next generation will be able to have a normal and healthy and happy society. Now, if you don't know it already, there is a population collapse occurring now. And you can see this kind of happen you can see this happening in Japan. But you can also see this happening in many other, well, worse, I would say. Probably it's going to get a lot worse in, in the United States. But you, you're seeing the same thing happen in the United States and I'm not sure about Europe, but definitely the U.S. Right now, I believe, in, in, in Japan, I believe, I don't exactly remember the statistics, but it was like, 26%. Let me let me just find this out. Number of Japanese adult adults who are single. 27% of women and 40.4% of men eight, ages 18 to 39 were single. So 27% of women, 40.4% of men. Now let's look at that in America. Number of adults in U.S. who are single. Okay. Three in ten adults, so 31%. And I believe that this is probably an outdated statistic because I've also seen it uh, quoted to be like 41% in um, like 2018 and shot all the way up to like, well, if it's 41% in 2018, like it's probably even worse now. Um, uh, okay. The youngest, okay, well, according to Pew, this is the, looks somewhat research, recent. Okay, August 2020, so this is probably outdated, but it's somewhat recent, I guess. The youngest and oldest Americans are the most likely to be single. 41% of those aged 18 to 29, 36% of those 65 and older are single. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but around 30% from ages 18 to uh 49 or something like that are single 30% I believe but anyway anyway the point is the point is in a healthy society this should not be happening number one this is this is a this is a signifier what I'm trying to say is that this is a signifier that something bad is happening now people are single but people are also not having kids. And I've heard it it uh, argued, I would say, or someone make a pretty convincing case that the reason why many people are single today, especially young people, is due to the fa- due to the shape of the current our current population. Uh I believe, let me see, population 
pyramid. I believe that was it. I'm trying to remember human geography from eight years ago in high school. But anyway, population pyramid. So a normal population pyramid looks like a pyramid. That means, you know, at the bottom, there's more people. And at the top, there's less people. And on the, let me see here. Like on the bottom, the bottom axis kind of tells you how many people there are. And the, or the x-axis shows how many people there are. And the y-axis shows how many, how old people are. So at the bottom, let's say like, let's say like, you know, zero to five year olds, right? There should be the most zero to five year olds in the, in the population. And then as it goes up, I guess you could have it maybe stay kind of constant because you don't want, you know, you don't want people to be dying off, but you know, um, there are less, as you get older, there are less people in the population because as you get older, it's more likely to die, right? That's a good, that, that, that's how society should be, right? But the way society is now is that there are far more people who are older than there are young people in America. Let that really sink in. There are far more older people than younger people. I think the most common age in the United States right now is like 40 or something like that. Let me see. Let me, let me actually get you this statistic. Most common age, USA. Let me see here. Okay, well, this is this is this is a little bit different. So it's twenty seven, but I think this is probably due to Hispanic immigration. Um, oh, this is it. See, okay, this is oh gosh, this is even worse. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, okay, actually, this 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 proves my point. The most common age among white people is fifty eight. 58, 58 years old. That's the most common age. The most common age is 58 among white people in the United States. This is from Pew Research Center. The most common age among whites in the United States is 58, more than double that of racial and ethnic minorities. Pew Research Center. Now, in the Hispanic community, you're not having this problem. And you know, in the black community, you're, I don't think you're really having this problem either, but they're having a bunch of other, I guess, social problems within their sexual marketplace and whatever. But different story. In the white community, you are seeing a rapid decline in the population. And this is really strongly shown in the fact that the average age is 58. In a normal society, you know, there are more young people alive. There are more young people alive. And going outside, you know, talking with people in just regular society, it should be, it should be much more likely for you to find someone who is your age, you know, or someone who's younger than it is to find someone who's older. But the, in all likelihood, 
there's probably a lot less young people your age out there than there are old people out there. So what does this mean? What does this mean? One argument is that, or it's not really an argument. This, I think this is one thing that's really going on in this culture. And I, I need to read this book called Bowling Alone by, I think it's Putnam, Robert Putnam. He, he kind of goes into how America's communities are and have been falling apart for the last, I think, 20 plus years. I think he wrote this 20 years ago, so it's even worse now. But essentially, having, you know, a lot of people who are your peers, you know, who are, you know, your age is important. It's extremely important. And the fact of the matter is, the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, they aren't having as much kids as the silent generation and everyone else have, has been having, right? And so what that means, what that means is that it is harder for people your age, young people, to form meaningful relationships, both friendships and dating and all these other things. Because, I mean, just think about it. If there's, if there are less opportunities, you know, if there's less supply and demand, right? If there are less trinkets out there, then they're going to cost more, right? If there's more trinkets, they're going to cost less. And, and, and what the cost is in this instance is, you know, there's less people. So the demand for individuals is a lot higher. And if the demand for individuals is higher, not everyone can, can you know, find them, right? And if you, you know, at least find high quality ones too, right? So the issue is that, you know, there's, there's, it's harder for, anyway, I've I've made the point, but, but what we are seeing, because if it would be one thing, if I'm just like, oh, this doesn't, you, oh, you're just, you're just saying these things. But the reality is, you know, white people in the United States are at a completely atomized now. Like I I can look this up. Uh, Number of people said they don't have close friends. Well, this is 2014, I need to say. And that's in the UK, we got to find. Okay, let's see. Is this, is this recent? Is this recent? Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, okay, this is uh, what is it? Survey Center on American Life. In 2021, oh my gosh, 12% of people said that they don't have any, any close friendships compared to 3% in 1990. And then only 7% said they have one friend, 13% they have two, 70% said they had three, you know? And, and essentially, it's just, there isn't really, you know... People don't really have that many friends. But in 1990, 
33% of people said that they have 10 or more friends, right? People, people are becoming atomized because it's harder to find people who are your age out there, right? If you were to go outside and you were to look out there and you're going to try and find someone who's your age and whatever and try and make friends, right? Then all you see is just a bunch of, you know, old people who don't want to have anything to do with you and don't really share a common cultural language or whatever. You know, it's going to be hard for you to find friends. And this is empirically what is happening. People are becoming atomized. They are staying inside. And this is this is also shown, I believe, in Bowling Alone, the book by Robert Putnam on the death of the American community. But people are staying inside. People are instead choosing to play video games and live in these pseudo communities on the Internet. And they aren't they don't have as many friends, if any at all. And the same thing is happening for relationships. People are becoming single more and more, right? I think there was a statistic of like 41, <clears throat> 41% of uh, people aged 18 to 39 are single in the United States or something like that. Let me find this out. I think it was 18 to 30 was, was the number, but let me see. Number of people single in USA, 31%. 31%. That's comparable that is comparable to Japan. And Japan is having, you know, record level suicide rates, like a horrible, like, like this, this has been talked about for like years. This is common knowledge, but now this is happening in America. And anyway, let's get to the point here. The point is that having kids isn't just for you. You know, it's good for you because they'll take care of you when you're older. They will they're, 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 we're all hardwired to, you know, have kids. We're all hardwired to want to create life and to love other people. And it's incredibly fulfilling unless you're some psycho or, you know, or, or you can choose to be, you know, celibate or whatever. But like for the vast, vast majority of people, having kids is an amazing thing. And it's something that is necessary for making you a whole complete person. So there's that, you know, it's good for yourself. But I think as the last few years have been showing us with the fact that our previous generation decided, oh, we're only going to have one kid or two kids or whatever, right? What this, what, what's, what's happening is that white Americans are incredibly atomized. They, aren't, they don't have friends. They don't have relationships. And, and this is partially due to the fact that our previous generation had, didn't have a lot of kids or any for that matter. And gosh, the the previous generations were so selfish in this regard that they were thinking, Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't want to have to worry about that. It's too much of a burden and a responsibility and blah, blah, blah. Or they were thinking, oh, we got to help the environment or whatever. So their, their shallow ideology kind of informed that. But, well, now, now we got to pick up the scraps. And, well, the reality is it's a, Japan has showed us. If Japan has showed us anything, it's a dark road if we decide to keep going down this. So what needs to happen is people need to start having kids more. 
and we need to start rebuilding the American communities. And it's not just the fact that our previous generation didn't have a lot of kids. There's other factors involved here, which I could get into in another video, but or podcast or show or whatever. But, well, I got to choose my words carefully because I might get shot in the head. But what's the point here? The point is that we need to make a serious effort on reversing this because this is a trend that no one wants to accept and no one wants to talk about. And I, I would say that the, one reason is because this is mainly happening to the white community. This isn't something that is, you know, universally happening because, you know, different groups in the United States, you know, have a very strong in-group preference and pretty good communities because they have that strong in-group preference, you know, say the black community, the Hispanic community, especially, they don't have this problem. I would say the Asian community too, probably, but I guess within, within that community, you know, I mean, Asian men, I think they have a, they have a lot of trouble with, with, in the dating market, they, they have the most difficulties just finding somebody. But I think, I think within their own community, it's probably, it's probably not, not, not bad, but I mean, and I'm not just pulling this out of my, you know what here, this is, this is like dating app survey results and not survey results, but like, how would you say it? data science analytics of this stuff. So don't call me racist because I quoted a st statistic. So anyway, my point, my point being, my point being, this is a issue that is mainly facing white people in America. And well, since white people, according to the mass ideology are, you know, they're evil people with a ton of power and, Blah, blah, blah. I don't think that... No one's, no one's coming to save you. That's my point. No one's coming to save you. And in actuality, I think... I think uh, that... Our society and our culture wants this to happen. They want you to be dying from opioids. They want you to be killing yourselves from depression, from loneliness, from all these things. They want you to have no friends, they want you to live in your room and not talk to anybody and not have a life, and they want you to just shut up and go to work and be a soulless robot. That's what they want you to do. They want you to die alone with nobody and no kids. That's that is what I would say the status quo is right now. Because I don't think I don't think I've ever I don't think I've heard anyone on the on the campaign trails talk about this. Maybe maybe you're seeing some, I don't know, Republicans or whatever, but like this isn't like a, this is a huge issue and no one's talking about it. You know, maybe the opioid crisis or whatever, but they're not talking about the atomization problem, the the, the destruction of, of communities. So no one's coming to save you, but I would say that this is not a problem that this is not a problem with without a solution. And I think the solution is, it's a very fun one. And I think that the future is extremely hopeful because I think hearing this stuff and, and, and seeing, seeing what's happening to, maybe it's not your life. Maybe you have a group of friends, right? 
I mean, maybe you have a relationship or whatever, but this is happening to a lot of people. Maybe you know people who this is happening to. So this can be kind of depressing to see. But the silver lining here, or my my solution, my thought, is that I think that, number one, I think the church is a great institution to help stand against this. I think, honestly, the only lasting and good friendships that I've had and made were in a church community. Because we all share values. Because we, because I know these people are good. I know that these people are, you know, they're smart and they're just solid people anyway. But that's, that's, that's one. That's the easy fix. That's the easy solution. Another solution I'd say is we need to start pioneering again. When, when England and when Europe was becoming corrupt the 1700s what did what did what did what did the pioneers of that generation do they they left and they founded a new country they built a new empire they conquered and they created something amazing and i think that that's in the face of of the problems that we have right now that might be the next step and i think that is the next step i think that that we need to start going into the new frontiers and and building something worth worth protecting and worth you know worth defending and we need to start planting trees that our our kids will grow well will grow old under and i think that's that's a that's a good solution i think that to say that we we just got to keep living the way that our parents and grandparents lived to to say that we need to you know just tighten your bootstraps and just live in the society i think that that isn't an option anymore i think that we need to start living in very different ways than the way that our society is kind of telling us to live and i i don't think we need we should you know isolate ourselves from society we still need to be a part of society but I think that many parts of of this country are so corrupt that, well, I don't think I don't think it's possible to just try and, you know, salvage it or or live in that, you know. And maybe you you need to create a community within your community. Maybe that's the solution. The other the other advice I'd say is let's say, because because I mean you can find friends through Catholic centers and all this stuff. Maybe maybe you need to you know go into a, a university or maybe you need to be part time at a university to network with people because there's a lot of people your own age there. Or maybe you need to join a community college or this or that or some sort of group that has a lot of young people. Maybe that's your solution. But what about the dating market? And I think that I think that at this point. I think that human history has been brutal. Human history has been very brutal for for thousands of years, right? Your your great great ancestors probably had to face the reality of 
fate of of war of a brutal war where they only had swords or bows or this or that or they had to defend themselves or or the the likelihood of them dying from getting a pain, painfully stabbed or getting mutilated or whatever maybe that was a, a high risk right and then you go back even further and the likelihood of you dying from breaking a bone or getting an infection or getting eaten by a wild animal that was pretty high so for all of human history we've had we've had we've had our little wars and we've had our our problems to face and we faced them and i'd say that the modern problems especially in america they aren't these types of wars and stuff maybe they will go back into that who knows probably honestly but right now i think that those problems are not really physical they're psychological and they are socio-cultural and the wars you need to fight and the 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 fears that you need to face aren't the fears of you know physical hurt but you need to face i guess inner demons and stuff like that and we already know this through like you know you know conquering addictions to pornography and other cognito hazards conquering you know different different sins that the world has shoved on you right gluttony maybe other things like that envy but i'd say that also this probably goes deeper into facing your fears on the dating front because I would say that the, the, the dating front is the, – the sexual market is uh, – it is bad. It is very bad. And I think that the, the, the best way to meet somebody is to meet them through a, through a friend group. But the issue is if most people or many people don't have a lot of friends or don't have any friends, then how are you going to meet somebody if you don't even have a friend group to, to, to you know – Facilitate that. And the other option is, oh, you just randomly fall into meet somebody or whatever. You know, it's a random chance and whatnot. And I, I think that even that, you know, because there's less young people your age, it's going to be even harder. So I think that we got to start being tactical about this. This isn't something that's that you can just leave up to chance anymore. The, the sexual marketplace is... Unless you're like a 9 or 10 out of 10 guy, it's going to be, you're going to have to work for it. And you're going to have to face your fears. And I think people are going to start having to, like if you're, if you're serious about it, if you're serious about finding a very good quality person to be with, and you're serious about, you know, creating a good life with a person, you, you, if, if you're not going to settle, I think that you're going to have to turn to more sophisticated methods. And this, this means looking into the psychology of relationships, of dating, and looking into different methodologies for, for finding people and, and doing the, this networking that maybe, maybe you're scared of or maybe you think would be stupid or blah, blah, blah. But I think that we need to start using a scientific approach to this rather than 
in a deliberate approach, maybe he doesn't need to be super scientific or whatever, but you need to start, you know, probably being a lot more deliberate about this than, than, than not. And I guess one way is probably cold approach, you know, or another way is just having a really great dating profile. But the thing with dating profiles is you need to be like, you probably need to be in the top 20, top 10, top 10 or 20% of the population to, to be able to have that work for you. So, I mean, if that's not you, then I think you got to start doing cold approach or you need to find some, some other methods. But my point is, my point is, you could say, oh, I don't want to do that or that, right? Okay, fine. But my point is you need to develop a, a concrete method and a plan to solve this problem. It can't be something you can't, you just let happen, let come to chance. And hey, maybe that could work for you, but I don't know, man. The likelihood that you're going to step on a landmine if you just let things happen to you is a lot higher. Because, well, the ideology that many, most, many if not most girls have nowadays is actively harmful to you. And then, well, just a ton, a ton of other stuff, but stepping on a mental illness landmine, which is common, which is very common, or an ide- ideological landmine is terrible. And you need to at least understand what you're dealing with in relationships and research that, you know, read a book on it and come up with a very good methodology for finding somebody. You know, you should go on a bunch of dates and then you should choose somebody. You can't just let it happen to you. You need to have choice. You can't be someone who is has a scarcity mindset and says, oh, maybe it's, the, you know... You know, it is a scarce resource, so I guess finding someone who's like really good, but you can't treat it as such. You need to, you know, you need to, you need to choose someone. You can't say, you can't settle. That's what I'm saying. And this is a project management method, you know, coming up with a plan, you know, saying, okay, this is a methodology. This is my plan. I'm going to enact the plan. I'm going to see where it goes. And you'd be surprised at how many things you can solve and how many things you can do with that simple, simple, simple technique, coming up with a plan, and then, uh, well, what what is, it? what is it? Let me go into quick project management. Um, okay, what are the phases? The phases are project initiation and approval, project planning. <laughs> analysis and design build and test implementation and completion okay that's 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 not what i was looking for project management phases there we are okay here we go okay concept and initiation definition and planning execution performance and control project close so by doing these things, by doing by going down this 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 method, you can solve insane problems, insane projects, right? Come up with an initi- initiation of the concept, you know, you develop it, and you plan it out. You come up with a good plan, and then you start executing it and see how it goes. And then you control performance and control. You 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 analyze what you're doing, and you see if it's working, if you see if it's not working. And, I mean, you can't just do 
one talk to one girl and say, oh, this isn't working. You got to have, you know, data, you know. You can analyze this. Think, I think a small data set with like eight or nine population members or something. But in order to have a good data set, a very good data set, you need 30. You need 30 measurements. So anyway, do with that information what you will. But to have a really good c- control, I think you got to know a little data science or you, at least you got to like, you got to have, you know, you got to put, do your due diligence with executing your plan and seeing how it goes, right? And, and another thing is this has to be something that you are serious about. Are you actually serious about going into a relationship? Do you actually care? Or are you content with sitting on your butt and uh, playing video games for the rest of your life, not having a girl? You know, you got to want this. And that means you got to stop falling to self-gratifying lustful actions like you know watching porn and whatever because that's going to pacify you and you're going to use the energy you know you're the energy that should be propelling you towards finding somebody and you're just putting it on yourself you're just splurging it out there which is stupid right take your energy take your pent-up frustration and all this stuff and put it into something productive that's all i'm saying and yeah, come up with your concept, plan it out, start executing it, see if it's working. You know, if it's not working, then maybe modify it. And then you p- close it. You close it when you've achieved your goal. And so, yeah, that's, that's all. I think, I think that's really our solution. We just got to be, you know, we got we to be looking for people in the right spot. We got to have, you know, we got to have virtue. We got to. You know, I think Catholicism and the communities that it offers will be a very great benefit to you if you if you decide to do it. And you just got to be deliberate with what you're doing. And you can't be wasting your energy. And also, I would say, I mean, if you research and you should research relationships and dating and how to do this stuff. But one other huge point is you got to become the best version of yourself you can possibly be. You can't leave anything on the table. You can't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to be okay with being 50% of who I'm supposed to be. Oh, I'm going to be okay with being 60. Oh, you know, I'm going to be okay with being a little fat. I'm going to be okay with not having the best job I can. You know, I'm going to be okay being comfortable at this job when, when in actuality, if I leave this job, you know, if I, if I change jobs every two to three years, I'm actually going to have a greater salary, right? You can't settle for, for, for small things like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to choose the easy route. If you choose it, you can't, look, the easy route in this society is equal to death. Your bloodline is going to die if you choose the easy route in the society. So you need to get serious. You need to start thinking about this scientifically. You got to start really being deliberate and you got to have a good plan. And if you don't have a plan, well, you're at a disadvantage and well, it's good night. I don't think it's going to be looking good for you. So anyway, the situation is dire. Our population is going into a collapse. 
our society is atomized. Most people don't have a lot of great friends, which is really sad. And you can easily find them. <coughs> you can easily find great friends in good Catholic churches. But anyway, most people don't have great friends. And most people, or many people, don't have great relationships. And will maybe never have great good relationships. And the people who are in good relationships are probably not going to be having much children, if any. Which means your children are going to be going to be in an even worse situation. So my point is, if you don't take this life that you have seriously, things are going to get a lot worse. So you got to be serious on every front. You got to be putting in the effort on every front. And you got to be expecting a lot from yourself. And you can't have self-doubt. You got to be a leader. This is this is this is the time. This is a time in humanity's history where things could get very very bad very quickly, I would say. And maybe not in like a 5-year or 10-year time span, but like in 100 years, things could probably get really bad. I think we could probably go back into 1800s level, you know, quality of life very, very, very quickly. And the only way to prevent that from happening for your kids and your great grandkids is for you to take things seriously now, for you to have high standards for yourself and for others, and to become the pioneers of the new world. Because without that mindset, without that plan, without that deliberation, I mean, you're doing exactly what you know, the world, worldly people are doing exactly what people who, you know, who are responsible, honestly, for, for the stupid situation we're in right now. You're acting exactly like them. And if, if enough people act like that, society will fall apart and you'll probably see millions of people die. So at the end of the day, it's up to you to ensure that we don't have a very dark future ahead of us. And I would say if we have if we have enough small pillars of light, beacons of light in this dark desert, I think that's enough. I think if just enough of us, just a few of us have some source of hope, you know, show that there's an alternative way to this nihilism of modernity. I think we can have a pretty bright future.